0: Proverbs chapter 4, let's look at this key verse, the key verse to the book of Proverbs here. And if you're new to the study, of course, Proverbs in just a general view, it is King Solomon training his son for life. King Solomon is training the next generation. He's he's teaching his his, uh, 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 maybe teenager, young teenage son, uh, how to take over as king And the things that he's going to need to know for life. So here's the key verse in the entire book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. We don't use that word principal as much. We would say it's the main thing. So once we get saved, the main thing in the Christian life is to get wisdom. And so what in the world does that mean? He says, therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. In the book of Proverbs, there are six people that are mentioned by name. And we're going to talk about them. And so wisdom is this, being able to discern what type person people are and how to relate to them. Only six types of people in the world, we're not talking about people groups or races or things. We're talking about the type of people, uh, what they believe and uh, their influence and where they're headed. So let's pray. We'll just jump right down uh, here. Hope you'll jot down a note or two. I think it'll be a help. Thank you, Father, again for the word. We ask that you teach us and help us. And thank you for these that have braved uh, cold weather. Some of them came straight from work, no supper, others straight from school, college, uh, some. Drove a long distance to be here. Make it worth their while. Please help them. Encourage the discouraged. And uh, those uh, who just need some instruction. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are. The four characters of Proverbs. It's really six. Number one, the wise. And so uh, as you read the book of Proverbs, you'll see it. It'll say the wise man, the wise man, the wise woman. And, And so what does that mean? Uh, they're a constant, in the notes there, learner. They're someone that's constantly learning. That's a wise person. Then we see, second, uh, there'll be someone mentioned much in the book of Proverbs, and they're the simple, the simple person. And uh, uh, that would be, uh, in your notes there, doesn't know. They just don't know. Uh, that's a person that's unsaved. Most people... Uh, are not unsaved because they've said no to Jesus. It's because they never had an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Amen. They just don't know. They've never heard the gospel. And then also, the simple, they're inexperienced. Uh, they just don't have any life experiences. They're, uh, they're young and they're not experienced in many areas of life. Or we would even use the word Gullible. Gullible. Uh, gullible to schemes, to, to financial traps, to, to uh, predators online, to, to phone scams, to get-rich-quick schemes, also to, to cults, uh, false religions, just gullible swallowing things. Well, it's on the news, so it must be true. A simple person would believe that. Well, if it's in the newspaper, you know, uh, it's got to be true. You know, this Esquire magazine, three-year-old child has triplets. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes they just believe everything. Martians land in yontville I wish they would bring some people with them that I know. So anyway, but number three. Then the third character mentioned in Proverbs is the fool. The fool. And... uh Uh, uh, simply uh, a Bible definition there in the notes, set in their ways. In other words, they're set, stubborn, can't teach them a thing. They know it all. Set in their ways, uh, also unteachable. Can't teach them a thing. They know it all, can't learn, don't need to learn, proud. So that would be many of the character traits of a fool. Then number four, you'll see the fourth person that, that Solomon is teaching his son about is the scorner. And the scorner is a type of fool, except the word scorn means laugher. So he's the laugher. Uh, this would be the foundation of most of our situation comedy TV shows today. What are they doing? They're laughers. And they've got the automatic laughing. Uh, so, so, so a comic says something, they hit the button, and the whole crowd's laughing. Yeah, but the sad thing is they're laughing at sin They're laughing at immorality. They're laughing at dirty jokes. They're laughing at cuss words. They're laughing at all the wrong things. That's who the scorner is. He laughs at people that's trying to do right. He would be the one that would laugh at people that come to church on a Sunday. He'd be the one when the bus pulls up and kids get off the bus, he'd be the one that didn't go to church laughing and making fun of the kids that did go to church and ride the bus. That's the scorner. Also, the scorner is a recruiter. He likes to have a crowd following him. He is not a loner. He is constantly recruiting to get people to do evil with him. Then uh, we'll just throw this out if you're jotting things down. The evil man is also mentioned. And uh, uh, that simply refers to a man that's the wrong crowd. Evil man. And then one last character, uh, it's not in your notes, it's the strange woman. That would be the evil woman. And so Solomon uh, warns his son, be careful about that strange woman. Doesn't mean she's weird and her eyes stare at each other or something or she's got one ear and two hairs. Uh, it, it simply means she's foreign, she's subtle, she's, 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 she's seducing, and that's, that's what that's talking about there. So the theme of Proverbs, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Uh, In your notes, just quick introduction. It's geared toward youth and new converts. So this book here, if I I was a teenager just getting in church, I would bathe in the book of Proverbs. If I was a brand new Christian who had been saved in the last six months, that would be the book I'd be reading. And it's interesting how God divided it. 31 chapters. Most months have 30 days or 31 days. Okay, Uh, help me. How many months have 28 days? All of them. Okay. I shouldn't have said that. That is so mean. Brother Bob, I can't believe I got something over on Brother Bob. So, okay, here it is. So, so it's interesting that God would do that because maybe it's easy to read the proverb for the day. So, today was February what? 7th. So, it'd be easy to read chapter 7 today. Tomorrow's the eighth read chapter eight. And so when the month repeats, now you're back reading Proverbs chapter one. I did that for I don't know how many years. I believe and I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think I've read the book of Proverbs 260 times. So you could read the whole thing in a month, the whole thing 12 times in a year. If you read it 20 years, that's 240 times and all this wisdom is going through your head. You won't memorize it all, but it's flowing through. You start a verse and you're going to be able to finish the verse. And so it's, it's great for youth and new converts. Quickly, Solomon the king is training his son. Every parent needs to train their, uh, their children for life. Solomon's life's verse could have been Matthew 6, He's the one that he has the dream and God appears to him and says, I'll give you whatever you want. What do you want? He said, wisdom. And God says, because you've asked for wisdom instead of the life of your enemies, instead of a long life for great riches, I'm gonna give you wisdom and all the other stuff. I love it. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you just seek money, you get money. If you seek God, you get God and the stuff. That's what he says. So here's Solomon here. He's, he, he's rich, but he's not teaching his son just business. He's teaching him wisdom. And then we see Jesus, if you want to jot this down, it's the personification of wisdom. And so there are several chapters in Proverbs, chapter eight, chapter nine, and it starts off, I wisdom cry out in the streets. You know who that is? It's Jesus. He is all wisdom in a body. When he spoke, people said about him, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? He was the boy in the temple at age 12, listening and asking questions. And the the aged leaders were amazed at his answers. Why? He is our wisdom. And then we see a little bit further here. Wisdom, here's a good definition, is the perfection of common sense. Someone said, knowledge is knowing how to do surgery. Does this look right, Brother Shavart? Look. that no, looks like I'm cutting a steak. Huh? Okay, forget it. Okay, but knowledge is how knowing how to do surgery. Wisdom is knowing when to do surgery. And so that's what wisdom is. That's why we need it. And then next, wisdom is knowing God. Yourself and others and properly relating to each. That's a great definition for wisdom. So let's just look at this tonight for a few moments. We'll see how far we get. A wise man, the wise man or the wise woman. So here is a wisdom test. We can test how wise we are as we go through what God describes as a wise person. So now we're in Proverbs chapter 1. And I'll just read a verse and I'll give you the blank. Some uh, some I'll have an illustration for, others I may not. But in Proverbs chapter 1, notice what God says in verse number 5. God's word says, a wise man will hear. A wise man will hear. Someone said this, and I believe it's wise. You listen with your ears. You listen with your eyes. You listen with... With your body posture. Some of you that have taught Sunday school or taught school or been on a bus route or preached. You ever see someone sit down and they did this? I don't think they're listening. But I've seen others sit like this. You listen in a lot of ways. In marriages, I wonder if this question's ever been asked at your home. Are you listening to me? And it's not usually the husband asking the wife. And the husband, I hear you. They can be reading the newspaper. Listening is undivided attention. So Solomon is saying, son, if you want to be a wise young man, you're going to have to learn to listen. I've been reading some World War II books recently about uh, Medal of Honor recipients. And it talked about the battalion leader giving orders right before they went into battle. I bet everybody was listening. A wise man will hear. Number three. Excuse me. Number two. A wise man. Look down at chapter 1 verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. So a wise man can say no. A wise person can say no to sin, no to compromise, and here's kind of a different angle. They can say no to an activity that will not best fit into their schedule. No is not always no to evil. Sometimes it's, boy, I'd love to do that, just it's not going to fit. I'm already overloaded. I just can't do that. You ever been the person who you couldn't say no to good things? And pretty soon, your plate is so overwhelmed, everybody's expecting you to do all these things, and they're good things. After a while, it causes pressure. So a wise person even knows when to say, I, I can't do that. I'd love to do that. I can't do that right now. Number three, we see in chapter two, in verse two, he says, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understand it. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, Lift this up, thy voice for understanding. So number three is he asked the right questions. Where do you get that out of that verse? It says he lifteth up, his voice for understanding. Usually when we ask a question, our voice goes up at the end of the sentence. And so Solomon is saying, son, if you're going to be wise, you're going to have to learn to ask not just questions, but the right questions. Years ago, we had a staff member, and I, I asked him, I said, uh, Paul Chapel's speaking here. He's got this mega church in uh, Lancaster. I said, take him back to his motel room. Okay. Paul Chapel called me that night. He said, hey, your staff guy asked me all the wrong questions. Instead of asking, how can I be a better staff member? How can I produce? How can I, how can I lighten the pastors load, He was asking questions like, do you know, brother so-and-so, have you ever preached over here? There were questions. It wasn't evil, but he didn't ask the right questions. A wise person asks the right questions. When I get around seasoned pastors, here's what I ask. I'll say, tell me your deepest valley you've ever been in. How did you get out of that? How have you kept your marriage fresh all these years? Can you tell me when you pray and how you pray? What good books are you reading these days? Are you preaching in a series? How do you read your Bible? How do you keep it fresh? That's the questions I'm asking. I'm trying to ask right questions. If I was raising kids right now, uh, young kids, I'd find someone who had raised some good kids and I'd say, all right, where did y'all vacation Uh, did y'all have family devotion? If so, when did you do it? How did you do it? Uh, Did you have individual talks? Uh, What about a date night with your wife? Um, What did you do about education? I'd be asking all those questions. You want to ask questions for the situation you're in, not just Bible questions, but situational questions. You're a single mom, all right? How have you avoided temptation? How did you decide on this thing, remarriage or not, or dating or not dating? Uh, uh, How did you become mom and dad both? Uh, Who did you pick for role models to be the other mate? And on and on. So he's saying a wise man asks the right questions. Here's another one. Chapter 2 and verse uh, number 7. Look at this one, please. 2-7. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He layeth up. We would we would we would use the word like a squirrel. You ever seen a squirrel with a nut in its mouth and it's going back to a hollow tree trunk? It's it's storing nuts for cold or rainy weather. Solomon is saying, son, sometimes you're gonna hear something be taught some things and you're not gonna use it right away. You're a teenager, you hear something about marriage, you're not gonna use that right away. Uh, uh, Someone talks about buying a house and you're in your 15. You're not going to use it right away, but you can store it up. And one day you're going to use it again. I was in Bible college. They taught a class pastors writing seminar for all the pastors who were going to write. I said, "Write." Play on words. Uh, Sure. I'll never use that. I had no idea, would write some books, write some booklets, do do some of these things. I'm glad I took that class. I didn't use it for about 20 years. I'm glad I took the class. Uh, Financial class, I'm glad I took that class. Uh, Christian school education, I'm glad I took those classes. You never know what you're going to need. Now, if you're taking algebra and geometry, you'll never use it. Okay, I just want to say that. (laughs) Here's Miss Natalie, she teaches geometry. But she makes it plain when she teaches it. And she doesn't have an angle when she teaches it. <laughs> That's kind of corny, huh? I could go on and on, but I don't, I, I don't remember this. And, and, and the pastor of this church, his last name is Ray. Hey, how you like that? And, and so, in and, and the Bible, we teach it line upon line. Okay, so, and, and just trying to get the point, Miss Natalie. So here, here's all these parts to geometry. I'm so sorry. Let's keep going here. So we see a little bit further, uh, looking down into chapter uh, 2 and verse 12. Chapter 2 and verse number 12. So what what does wisdom help us do? How do we know if we have wisdom? Look at 2.12. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman or wicked woman. So a wise person, here it is. They can spot the wrong crowd. No, they're not judgmental. They're not looking around saying, you're the wrong crowd. You're the wrong crowd. No, no, no. As they get around people, they know I'm not supposed to be around them. That, that person's trouble. Remember the old joke. Someone says, hey, I'm looking for trouble. And, and the kid's name was trouble. Okay. Never mind. These are, these are the things from the 30s. Okay. So a wise person Doesn't have to be led down the wrong road and then discover, I think you're the wrong crowd. They can be around someone just a few moments and they know they're going to bring me up or they're going to bring me down. When I moved here, uh, the the ministers in town had a monthly meeting of of the ministerial association. So all the pastors got together once a month, they had lunch and just talked. Now, all the pastors meant this, those that believed the Bible and those who did not believe the Bible, those who believed in the virgin birth of Christ and those who did not believe in the virgin birth of Christ, those who believed in the bodily resurrection of Christ and those who did not believe in the body. All those were at the same meeting. I never went to one of those meetings, not one. I didn't pick at them. I didn't drive by, throw eggs at their cart. I didn't do any of that. I just didn't go. They weren't the right crowd for me. I was no better than them, but they were not heading the same direction I was heading. I got an invitation one time. Uh, we had a couple that had won the dance contest, uh, the fifties dance at one of these churches in town. So, so I guess they put on a dance and uh, 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 they'd won the contest. So the pastor contacts me and says we're having a a swimming party at our house this week, and so we 're going to barbecue and we 're asking all the pastors and pastors' wives, just wear your bathing suit, and just come on over and we 'll swim together, have a good time I'm thinking, hmm. hmm,, I probably shouldn't go to that now, my wife went, she had a great time, but but, but she said she wore a real modest bathing suit and, and so so A wise person has to spot, is this person good for me? And wise parents have to decide, is this person good for my kid? And you've got to help make those decisions because sometimes they can. You cannot just hold up a sheet of paper and say, see these people? Don't hang around them. Can you imagine coming to a church your first Sunday on the screen? Don't get around these people. And they're sitting in the pew. God has to give discernment to people. And as they grow in the Lord and get wisdom, they'll start seeing, uh, I've seen that type before. Different face, different look, but that type. And that's what wisdom does. So let's keep going a little bit further here. We will not finish. So please don't be discouraged. Then look down a little bit further. And uh, in chapter number three. Chapter number three, I like this one. Chapter three and verse number 11. Notice what he says here. He says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. And then I'll give you uh, one other one there in chapter 29 and verse number 15. He says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Reproof. What does that mean? So what it means is this, number six, they can take correction. They can take correction. When I was at Brother Sexton's funeral a couple months ago, his two sons stood up and Brother Sexton was preaching probably 45 years. Didn't hear a lot about his sons. I'd met him before. So each of the sons stood up and said, let me tell you about my dad. One of the sons preaches. He said, one day I was preaching and my dad was there listening to me preach. He said, it was an honor. I'm preaching and my dad's listening. And he said, after the service, my dad walked up to me and said, son. did I miss it or did you not include the gospel in your message tonight? Did I miss it? You know, in other words, uh, you never mentioned Jesus and salvation in your whole sermon. Did I miss it? Or did you forget to put the gospel in the message tonight? His son said, you know, that didn't feel real good. But I needed to hear that. See, a wise person can take correction if you're a person that does not receive correction well, doesn't mean you enjoy it. And sometimes it doesn't stink. But if you cannot take correction, you're not a wise person. Now, I want to say this. Never correct someone you don't have a relationship with. Someone said unsought advice is seldom followed and usually resented. So, if it's, if it's a family member, if it's a friend, you ought to be able to give a uh, receive correction. If you can't, you'll never be a great Christian. Yep. I wonder, let me see, Brock Purdy. 18. Uh, do you just imagine he just went straight from playing in the neighborhood with the kids, went straight to the pros? I doubt it. He had a junior high coach. If he played junior high, he had a high school coach. He had a college coach. And I guarantee you, they said that's not. No, no. here's here's the grips. Here's where you put. Here's where you put your thumb right here. No, you have to. You have to. You have to look. You got four different receivers. You got to roll the, They corrected, 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 corrected. If he couldn't have taken correction, he'd have never gone to the pros. Mm-hmm. He had to be coachable. Had to be teachable. It's not always fun. Years ago there was a staff member used to be at our church in Baton Rouge he was over me hadn't seen him in years and picked him up he came to town we were out to eat and this and that and he was just kind of complaining somehow he's trying to gossip about somebody I forget what he was saying I remember saying boy it sure is a beautiful day isn't it yeah it is and then he started started hammering on somebody I said wow I love this valley. And I changed the subject two or three times. And finally he said, hmm, I get it. Thanks for the mild rebuke. He said, I shouldn't have been talking about that. So a wise person. Are we still passing the test? Well, I don't like being corrected. Nobody does. I wonder how many contractors in our church who've hired subs You've taken people on and said, look, here's how I want this done. Man, that's not even straight. What do you mean? Man, it's leaning like this. Look, that's why you have a plumb line. If they don't take correction, they're short-lived in your company. Got to be able to take correction. Let's go. Here's another one. Uh, look down, if you will, into chapter 3 and verse 13. Chapter 3 and verse 13. We're talking about a wise person. Look down, please, if you will, 313. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Verse 18. She is a tree of life. It's personifying. So so wisdom is called a she here. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. So another character trait of a wise person, they're happy. They're happy. It doesn't mean they're smiling all the time. If you're smiling all the time, you probably have a chemical imbalance or something. That person's just laughing all the time. Again, something's wrong with them. But we ought to smile more than we frown. We ought to laugh a lot more than we snarl. We're saved. We're on our way to heaven. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Uh, we got the promise of the rapture. Romans 8, 28 is our promise. We have a lot to smile about. Amen. Now, some of us, it's our personality. Some of us, maybe it's... Our, our our genes our families, just that way they're more stoic and they say uh, I don't smile any but I do draw happy faces on paper if I'm happy <laughs> someone said if you're happy notify your face but a happy person they're happy they have a they have a, they have an upbeat outlook they 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 focus on some positive things heard about someone they were at a restaurant and it's one of those restaurants that Anyway, you know, the screen door was open and flies were flying around and they ordered soup. And about that time, it's one of those kamikaze. You have to study World War II, I'm sorry. But there was one of those kamikaze flies and he circled around the soup and gave his life, just went into the soup. Kamikaze fly went into the other guy's soup. One guy pushed the soup away, said, there's a fly in my soup. I'm not eating that. The other guy dipped the fly out and said, hmm, he didn't drink too much and he kept eating It's all in the outlook. You say, I ate at that restaurant too. Yeah, I know. Here's another one. Uh, uh, Number eight. In chapter number nine, verse one. A wise person builds. They build. Uh, In chapter 14, verse one says, A wise woman buildeth her house. Foolish woman plucketh it down. What's that mean? A wise person learns to build people. If you're the boss, you're building. Hey, good job. Hey, man, you did a good job. You're building your workers. If you have a ministry and you have people working with you, hey, good job. Man, you did good. Hey, hey, good. Hey, you led a good song on that. Hey, great special. And so you're building with your words. Building, building. Some people all they ever do is tear down. Only time the boss ever talks to you is when you did something wrong. They call you in and correct you. Man, we all need to learn to build. These new converts that are coming in. They're going through discipleship. All right, they missed a Sunday. Hey, it's not FBI. Where were you? How dare you miss church? I thought you got saved. Some of you are just too intense. You got to learn to build, 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 build. Here's another one here. Uh, We're almost done uh, for tonight. Uh, um, Number 10, skip down to there. Uh, Number 11, okay, chapter nine and verse 10. Chapter nine, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The word fear there means respect. So in number 11, that's where we are now, a wise person shows respect. Now, what would that mean? Uh, Just practically, it would mean, um, I I don't know if you ever see this. Uh, Probably you do. Anytime we have ladies, ladies, Singers, that come up on the platform. Any of the guys that's on the platform, we all stand. That's showing respect. Anytime you're in a room and an older person walks in, you probably ought to stand. Anytime I'm in public and I see someone who's got one of those caps on and it says veteran. Doesn't matter what war. I'm standing. And I'm speaking to them. And I'm always thanking them. Why? I want to show respect for someone that risks their life for my kids and grandkids and our nation, and our church. Yep. And then somehow a wise person shows respect to property. So uh, that's why we don't we don't write on the pews and we teach our kids. Don't take an offering envelope that someone's ties paid for and just scribble on it. Uh, that's why we don't uh, open, uh, kick the door open. Now, you know, the church door has a footprint on it. Uh, we show respect for things. Yes. A wise person doesn't go through the neighborhood and get a key and just key all the cars in the neighborhood. They don't do that. That's a fool that does that. A wise person sees the value in people's property, people's things. They don't damage things. And they show respect. Let's look at maybe one or two more. Uh, Some of you are saying, well, Pastor, I don't have any of these. Well, maybe you'll have the last 20 or something next week. Uh, Here's one more. Let's look at this. Uh, I love this. Chapter 10, verse 15. Chapter 10 and verse number 15. And I think that's a wrong... um, Yep, wrong reference. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, how about... uh, um, Here it is. Chapter 10 and verse 19. Here it is. Chapter 10 and verse 19. We're on number 15 now in the notes. And we're probably going to finish up here. Chapter 10 and verse 19. And it says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. And then we see in chapter 29 and verse 11, uh, God's just talking about a wise person doesn't talk too much. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Here's what that means. Those of you that teach, instruct, disciple, um, do a lot of soul winning, you're gonna speak a lot of words. But the more you speak, the more chance of you saying something you shouldn't say. Or misquoting something, Or exaggerating something or saying something that's true, but to a wrong person. And and so God says, we're wise if we limit our words. If you don't talk much, at least people won't know if you're a fool or a wise person. At least they won't know. You know, so it could go 50-50. Someone said this, and then I'm done, that the average man speaks 10,000 words per day. That's a lot of words. The average woman speaks 25,000 words per day. So what would that mean? That would mean women are usually better people persons than men. They have maybe a broader uh, vocabulary. They speak more. They know how to express themselves more. Someone put it this way. Uh, Men speak in headlines. It's kind of like a newspaper. You ask a man, how was your day? Fine, fine. What did you do at work today? Work. How did you feel when you went to work? Okay. What did you do after work? Came home. Now you ask a lady, what did you do today? Well, little Johnny got up and he threw up. And and then I had to wipe that up. Then little Susie had a a dirty diaper. Had to take care of that. And then the dishes needed. And then my mother called me. And then I had to nail a point. It's... So the men, the headlines, the ladies, all the fine print. You have to have both in a church. You have to have both in a marriage. And so God says, multitude of words. A wise man keepeth it in. We don't always, a wise person doesn't always say what they think. It's not good. Sometimes you have to hold confidence that someone's told you something that, and you're trying to help them. You can't go blab it to everybody. A wise person. Some of these character traits we need. And we want to be wise in trying to reach our city. Wise in trying to win the lost. And I hope that we'll take some of these thoughts. We'll finish this up next week. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings on the service tonight.